I'm Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About About Time for True Crime. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm cold. Yeah, I'm a popsicle. It is uh, winter, freezing, getting lots of snow, getting lots of wind. much snow. (laughs) Uh, For any of our new listeners joining us, we are in the Northeast in the United States, so it is uh, chilly. Yeah, it's a it's a titty bit nipply outside, so not loving that. It's the time of year where I get really frustrated because you come in after walking in the snow and then you take your boots off and then the first step you take in your socks, you yes. step on snow and then you have wet socks and yes. there are a few things that give me the ick more than wet socks. <laughs> in my family, my cousin, when I was a kid, she used to say, I mean, all kids say like the funniest things, but one of the ongoing jokes we have was from when she was a kid she goes my socks are wet and i hate it <laughs> i feel like you've told me that yes, yes i love that's me that was me today that was me 15 minutes ago that was me last week when my socks were wet and that fucking guy wouldn't come to my car <laughs> yes <laughs> uh we but, hate wet socks here yeah we are anti-wet sock club over here but other than that i mean mostly my biggest grievance with this time of year is cleaning off my car and the fact that you can't maintain temperature. So if you go outside, you're freezing, you come inside, you're like sweating because you have everything and five other layers on. Mm -hmm. And then you go back outside and you're freezing again. And it's like, yep. And then you have to budget into your time anywhere. Give me 15 minutes for my car to defrost. And yes, we're complaining about the very littlest things. And we're very grateful that we have the opportunity to experience them and then also complain about them. So yes, I'm happily complaining make no mistake (laughs) but it is just one of those things where when you live in new england and there's seasons and everything changes as soon as you get used to one thing it changes again and you're like god damn it well and shout out to my midwest crew because it's in the negative like 20s 30s with wind chill this Mm -hmm. week there yeah there was a year in high school where we had three not snow days but cold days because with windchill, it was like in the negative 40s. And then on the third day, it was the tropics and it was only like negative 20. And they oh were like, okay, goodness. you can choose to come in or not. So nobody did. But <laughs> naturally. <laughs> but I feel for them as much as I don't like the snow, I would hate that more. So yeah, we're sending gonna be, love and warmth. <laughs> we're going to be dipping into very cold temperatures, but I don't think anything beyond like negative five. Yeah. Which is still really cold. Yeah. But I mean... I but guess. when your high is sub zero, um, yeah, I'm I'm good without that. But comparatively, I guess it's a little different. And I'm really happy that right now I don't have to pay for a furnace. So mm. counting blessings, you know. Can't relate, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Sorry, you own a fucking home, okay? <laughs> well, it was less fun when I had this. I I think we talked about it too on the pod, but around this time, well, no, I guess it was the fall of 2022. Oh, you when I had, had the, a fucking streak there. That I was had rough. This, what I thought was a flu, went to the doctor and they were like, oh no, the air quality is so bad lately that you've developed this like uh, sinus infection that is like not, it won't quit. So and I wasn't had, it both sides too and you thought it was just one? It was both ears, but I am prone to getting like the worst um ear infections i have no idea why yeah i feel like there's always something wrong with my ears i hate stuff with ears it they always hurt like 
flying hurts, driving, like anything like, anyway, making a big deal out of nothing. All of that to say that when I was very sick and all I wanted to do was take a hot shower, um, our hot water heater blew and in a storm, somebody had to deliver us a new one and it was this whole thing and when you're really 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 sick and your body aches and you can't like move and you feel weak and nauseous and sick and all you want to do is take a hot shower and they say no (laughs) how about an ice cold shower yes so um i think i went to a hotel and like cried in the steam i was like yes (laughs) i do remember that and then i was overdoing the dishes when the guy came i hope you're still listening hi Hi. um (laughs) But yes, yes, we're at that point again. I'm so happy I'm not sick right now. I'm just going to knock on some wood because I feel like I have really avoided the major illness this time of year. But to be fair, I got COVID in the summer from a fucking gas station. So I took the L then. I think I get the W now. <laughs> um, The week is young. That it is. And when you hear me next week with a stuffy nose, I'm begging you not to say I told you so. <laughs> but <laughs> now you know what's going to happen and the oh. comments are going to be flooded with I told you so's, but fucking clown feet, no immune system. I got it all. <laughs> Sing too much. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Abby. All right. Well, but I hear today's is going to be tough. Today's is going to be very challenging, so let's get into it a little bit. Okay, because I know nothing about it other than um, bring your tissues. Yes, I called (laughs) Abby, I think, yesterday. So I have done about three days worth of research on this case. It is heartbreaking. We'll talk a little bit about it, but I just called her and I, like I just said, you need to come in a headspace where you're you're okay to hear this. So our skippers, stop skipping. We're going to get into it. Hi, hello, and welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast. Oh, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, as we said, I have to warn you. Today, we are discussing a case that tore my heart to a million shreds. Mm. Massive warnings here for mutilation, assault, domestic violence, child abuse, torture, murder. As awful as you think it can be, we'll probably beat it. Ugh. And I will give a warning before we get to that part. And and if this isn't for you, that's okay. You might want to skip this episode or skip those parts because it ruined my day. Yeah. Um, Here at ATFTC, we are big proponents of protect your peace. Yes. But for those especially challenging parts, I will kind of give you a heads up. But I preface this whole case with an ask. Okay. To let this be a conversation starter in whatever that looks like for you in your life. What this young girl experienced is difficult to talk about, but I hope that we can do what we always try to do here is try to learn everything that we can without forgetting the price of it. Absolutely. So what can we do to learn from this? How can we ensure that this doesn't happen again? What conversations can you have with your friend group your family the people that you talk about how do we prevent this from ever happening again what safeguards can you put in place what what advocating can you do for yourself for others keeping up with your friends checking on them don't ignore the silence right because sometimes that's deafening and i think sometimes too those warnings are always really great to have but without 
being able to understand the cost of that and sit in it and really process what someone had to go through because they didn't have these safeguards or we hadn't gotten there yet culturally. I think it's really important because anything can be important until you know the cost. And that's, I think, adds value to it. But sometimes it's too late. Exactly. And not saying that anybody deserved these things or that these things have to happen for change. But I think if they're going to happen, it's the least we can do to talk about it and to sit in it and feel for these people and their families and then see what we can do going forward to avoid that happening to more people and their families. Yes. So let's not let this happen again. What can we learn so that what happened to them didn't happen for nothing? Exactly. So we're going to start with our victim in this case. Okay. Kellyanne Bates. I love the name Kellyanne. So Kelly was born May 18th, 1978 in a small town just outside of Manchester, England called Hattersley, which sounds on face value adorable. It does. And almost Alice in Wonderland-esque. It does sound very cute. She grew up in a very loving family. Her parents, Margaret and Tommy Bates, they loved each other. They loved her. They loved her siblings. Aww. I mean, there's there's nothing that we can point to here to say otherwise. She had this very cute, um, short, curly brown hair that Aww. hung out just above her shoulders or at her shoulders. And when I look at photos of her, I think of the actress... Uh, Bella Bella Ramsey from Last of Us. Oh, okay, okay. So if you, when you look on our Instagram page and you see the photos of her, you will see who I'm talking about. And there's very few photos of this girl. Um, but she is sort of who I thought of when I looked at this. And if they were to do some kind of movie on this, then I think Bella Ramsey would be like a dead ringer. But anyway, as a child, Kelly was a sweetheart. She was kind and thoughtful and independent and you knew a girl like kelly if you yourself weren't a girl like kelly she is the cutest fucking thing i had to look up a picture i know i love her little bangs i know it anyway but doesn't she look like bella ramsey she I don't know. really does <laughs> pedro pascal where are you at i know it but kelly was smart and she was sweet and she loved her family I mean, again, there's re- there's nothing that we can point to to say, oh, well, this was really horrific and we can see why she'd want to get away or none of that. She was wise beyond her years. And sometimes mm-hmm. with that comes relationships with people older than you. True. That might be romantic relationships that might be your friends. I mean, for me as an only child, I was always friends with people older than me. I still am. Um, my choice in partners was always usually a couple of years older than me. It felt like more my age than anything. I'm always the youngest in my friend's group. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, all my friends could drink before I could. I was always DD and look at me now. <laughs> and I'm still DD because I don't drink. But so all of these things, you know, it's just I can relate to her in that way, even though that she wasn't an only child. But this innocence, but intellect. Yeah. That she could kind of hold her own with an older crew, like an older crew. And I think that may have played a role here. Because Kelly was responsible. She even did things on the side. She, at school, she loved school. She Mm -hmm. was very good in school. And she wanted to be a teacher. 
Oh. And she had started taking graphics classes and things. And I know, think that they call college in the UK like high school. I think us. they call high school college. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So our high school here in the states they might call college so they were saying she would she took college classes and like graphics and things Got like that it. that was sort of her interest okay but then on the side she would spend a lot of time babysitting for local families so again kind of that responsible streak you allow her to supervise your children right there's a reason for that she was mature she had a good head on her shoulders and it came as no surprise to margaret kelly's mom that Kelly told her she had a boyfriend and that he was older. Okay. Kelly was 14. Okay. At the age where awkward teens figure out what the hell even dating is. And her parents didn't really think much of it because Kelly still did well in school. She still kept up with her responsibilities. It didn't seem like this new relationship was having a negative impact on her at all. Right. And also when your kids are teenagers and just starting to date and sort of explore, I mean... Maybe this is ignorant of me, but I kind of assume that there's a a couple of trial and errors that you're going to go through. So if things are going well, great. And we'll see if they get better or if you have to adjust who you're interested in. I would find it hard to believe if my 14-year-old came to me and said, Mom, I have a boyfriend. He's a little older. That I wouldn't think anything of, okay, he's probably 15. She She thinks that's cool. And in a few months, it'll it'll probably fizzle out. Right. You know, and that's sort of the the idea I think her parents sort of got. And I want to add here that most of the input that we have from family actually comes from Margaret. Okay. And even that input didn't happen until nearly 20 years after Kelly died. Oh. So this was very, very difficult for her family to speak about. And you'll absolutely know why. Um, everyone handles grief differently and not everyone wants to speak publicly about the most horrific thing that's happened to them. And I think Kelly's dad, Timothy, was more reserved and he said little to journalists and reporters. So most of what we have on their family life actually comes from her mom. Okay. But it wasn't until Kelly started sneaking out at night that they became more concerned. Mm. She was still maintaining the things that she needed to maintain, But she was starting to be a little bit sneakier. And in a way that can also be written off as some typical teenage behavior. Right. um, Or not something that's indicative of something terrible happening. Although it certainly can be. Right. Um, But I don't think that everybody hears, oh, like she snuck out once and, you know, got back at 10 p.m. And thinks that this is. hour after curfew. Right. That thinks that this is something, oh, it must be nefarious. But then they got a call from her boyfriend. Okay. Uh, Kelly's boyfriend. His name was Dave. And Dave. Dave expressed concern for Kelly saying, you know, she's sneaking out. I'm worried about her. I, I don't know what's what's going on. Um, I want her to do well in school. I want her to do well in everything. And, you know, I just want you to know that this is happening. And honestly, this apparent concern on Dave's part put him in a good light to her family because it seemed like he cared about her well-being and he wasn't afraid to call her parents and say this is what's going on hey listen i'm scared i'm worried yeah and so without having met this young man they just thought okay he's responsible you know she's she's chosen a good little boyfriend that she's hanging out with and how sweet is that someone who actually cares for her overall yes right 
he cares about her safety and her status in school and wants everything you know he wants good things for her right right and it also made them think that she's not sneaking out to be with him because if he's the one calling and saying i'm worried about her sneaking out right maybe you wouldn't think that that's the person she's sneaking out with or that if she is sneaking out to see him it's not like a planned thing where he's being surprised like oh i didn't know you weren't allowed to be here or something and again kelly in her mid-teens her parents probably didn't think this was the guy their daughter was going to spend the rest of her life with she just seemed happy and got her shit done right and what more can you really hope for for your child sounds like a great adolescence but at least from the outside (laughs) but then it came time for the parents to meet dave okay And in walks this man. Um, And instead of the slightly older high school boy they were expecting, a grown man introduced himself and said he was 32 years old. Um. Kelly was 15, making him more than twice her age. If you could drive when your partner was born and they cannot drive, the difference in age is too great for me. Agreed. And so I have two things to say about this. The first being, we've said it before, we'll say it again. When you are the younger person and you are dating somebody that is older than you, you think that you are the bee's knees and that that person is the bee's knees and they must think you're the bee's knees because they're choosing you and they could have anyone. They're older. They're cool. They have whatever. He has a job. He has a house. And so maybe with this maturity that she had and being entrusted with you know babysitting and these responsibilities and always sort of feeling like she was more mature than her peers that it made sense for her it was almost this easy sort of next step to slide into of course I'm gonna date somebody older right you know and whether or not she knew his age um sources vary Okay. But still, this man is so much older than her, and that's predatory. Yes. And my other thought on this is because I have lots of feelings and responses to this, so I'm, I'm narrowing it down. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm not a parent, but if I'm lucky enough to be one one day, I cannot imagine what my reaction would be if my 15-year-old daughter brought home a man in his 30s. I don't think it would end well. Yeah. I I have a few visions that flash across my eyes. One of them beating him with a frying pan Ooh, comes to mind. Very tangled couture. It of just you. it just seems <laughs> so like I see predator when I see that. Yes. And again, I always have a bone to pick with especially podcasters who are like, Well, if I were in this situation, I would do this. You don't fucking know that. Right. <laughs> if it hasn't happened to you, you don't know that. But I, I imagine I would see Red putting the pieces together that my child has been groomed. Yes. By this older man and how I could have not realized it. Because how he was not ordered to leave immediately and never speak to their daughter again is a mystery to me. Ooh. But he wasn't. Okay. And I... I don't mean to pass judgment on parenting decisions that the family no doubt regrets, but I, and you know, I, I struggle with their seemingly neutral response to this. Like they were 
turned off by it. Yeah. But it wasn't like, give me back my daughter. You get out. I'm calling the police because you've been harming, you know, at this point, at the very least, I feel like he could be arrested and prosecuted for statutory rape and that would stick. And that would be at a minimum. But her mom says that the moment she met him, she said the hairs on the back of her neck stood up and she had this urge to take a kitchen knife and stab him. She (laughs) would probably love the book, The Gift of Fear, but yes, or I can imagine understanding. I'll put it this way again. I'm not a parent. I've never been in this situation. Bless up. But if that were to happen, much like you, I imagine myself seeing red. But I also imagine myself swallowing it because if there's one thing I know about teenagers, it's that if you tell them not to do something, they're going to do it. So trying to navigate that would be so tricky, I think. It depends how miserable you make it for them to do that thing. But at the same time, Margaret's reasoning for wanting to take a kitchen knife and stab him wasn't the blatant age difference. She didn't know what it was. She said, I have never felt violence toward other people but i had this urge to like kill him right there yeah and she said that that had never really happened for her and she didn't know why she had such a visceral response to the man in front of her but later on after everything she wondered if she had some kind of sixth sense because she wished she'd really done it rather than think of it oh wow okay. and she says if she had her daughter would still be here i also Okay, that's ominous. I'm also thinking just about that phone call. It no longer feels like nice and protective. Like, oh, I'm a 15 year old trying to look out for my 14 year old girlfriend. It's like, hey, our mutual dependent. Uh I'm concerned for her well-being. So are you claiming her her on on your taxes? Because I was thinking (laughs) of doing that. And And I know we can't both do it. I don't want to make this awkward. Could we split it? You know what I mean? It just... Yeah, it's icky. It changes the way... It changes the tone of everything. Absolutely. Now it is all predatory. And it's not out of caring. It's not out of anything. And it's um, going to get worse. And frankly, I don't mean this to be a hot take. I hope it's not. But if you're in your 30s and you're dating someone who is in their teens... It's just pedophilic. It just is. Like It's not cute. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm into younger girls. It's like, no, you're into a child. Yes. Ugh. And they dated. So they began dating at 14. About a year, a year or two passed before Ooh. he met the parents. So this wasn't a couple of months. And then she realized, oh, geez, he's smelly a- and has a hairy back. Like, are those crow's feet wrinkles? <laughs> is that... I mean, and I've got grays like nobody's business, but this was a whole ass man. Right. So let's learn a little bit more about Dave. Sure, Dave. Um, 32-year-old Dave, except his name isn't Dave. Oh, great. It's James Patterson Smith. And he's not 32. Huh? He was 45. <laughs> hmm? 45 when he met 14-year-old Kelly. When they met? When they met. So, if she's 16, he's around 47. So, I like Most numbers and I like to round. So, let's, let's call him 50. And um, they looked more like father and daughter 
than ew boyfriend girlfriend he was over 30 years older than her so fuck that i'm not calling him dave they knew him as dave Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna call this piece of shit by his name james James. okay and i wonder maybe he went by jim or jimmy okay but james you're in trouble i'm gonna use your full name here you piece of shit you come downstairs right now young man or (laughs) old man come down right now some more about james james was married in 1970 Oh, he was married 10 years before it ended in 1980 after a severely abusive and violent marriage. Oh, and that's still, if I do my math, um, like 10 years before his girlfriend is born. Oh, just wait. Oh, God. Luckily, his wife was able to escape him. Okay. So there was that. But he didn't miss a beat because from 1980 to 1982, he dated a 20-year-old named Tina Watson. Oh. Who... then became the recipient of his abuse oh he reportedly used her as his own punching bag and beat her extensively including when she was pregnant with his child oh fuck this guy he tried to drown her in a bathtub while she was bathing huh but luckily she escaped Sticking with his pattern, he quickly began dating again in 1982. Without missing a beat, he began dating a 15-year-old girl named Wendy Mothsed. Also, we're just getting younger. Who he also abused. In one instance, he held her head under the water in the sink in an attempt to drown her. Ugh. But she too got away. Good. In early 1993, he met and began dating Kelly Ann Bates. She was 14 and he was 45. Jeez. And this man, clear as day, was a predator. He was well versed in how to say the right things to attract younger, naive women and girls. He didn't come off as creepy or weird. He came off as cool and someone they would feel special and lucky to be with. And once his hook was in, it was too late. Right. And I want to say that this abusive background on him was not known at the time. None of his victims, these three confirmed, and I'm sure numerous others, never came forward. No charges were pressed. No no documents were filed. Nothing. So on face value, if you were to run a background check on this guy, he seems like a well-adjusted, well, I mean, short of <laughs> dating children, um, <sighs> seems like a good guy, you know? Don't they always? Yeah. If he opened a daycare, I don't know if you'd like leave your kids there, but for all intents and purposes... Nothing shady would show up if you took away his relationship. Right. He didn't seem like he didn't seem atypical because there was no report of any of this behavior. Right. And if you Google him, he's just a guy in the area. Yeah. I mean, if you could have Googled back then. But yeah. Yeah. So where we left off, the parents had met James, who again was going under the name Dave, saying he was in his early 30s. And yet he's 15 years older than that. And that's not his fucking name. Kelly continued to do well in school, though. She carried on as normal and not much attention was paid to it. Okay. And I think that that is one of the things that's so heartbreaking. It was that I don't know if the parents didn't think they had a leg to stand on. But when you're a parent, I don't think you need a leg to stand on. That is your child. She is being groomed. But she her grades weren't slipping. Right. She wasn't no showing to her job. She was still career and goal focused. 
it also sounds i don't know like she's just got a third parent who's also grooming her where it's like i'm worried about her well-being like she's sneaking out okay well i want to make my boyfriend happy i guess i'll go to school and that's not this is not at all like a judgment on kelly's moral or judgment or saying that she's only doing these things because of she him. was a kid but it's another reinforcer yeah but she's also a child and it didn't seem like this was so frowned upon i mean and maybe it was and and i don't know because english culture they tend to be a little bit more reserved than we are here in the U.S. Right. And so maybe all of those more private conversations weren't announced to the world. And I wouldn't yeah. blame the family for keeping those. How many like scream yells did the parents have in the living room after the kids went to bed of like, oh my gosh, how can you believe this? What do we do? But ultimately, she seemed to do fine. Nothing was really giving them red flags other than the obvious until things started to change okay she began staying away for days without calling which was not like her she was usually home every night but she was spending time at his house Uh. when she'd come home she looked worse than when she'd left Uh. around this time her parents noticed bruises on her body that she wrote off as mistakes they even noticed a bite mark on her which was really strange but she wrote that off too. Um, These were all accidents and things that she had caused to herself. And so while I'm sure in a way they knew, they weren't getting her to say that. Right. And that's not uncommon in domestic violence situations. And so that's what like have what we started with in this episode, the conversations you can have and the things you can look for. I want that to be going through your mind this whole time. Right. Because this is the shit that really does happen. You'd say it couldn't happen we're gonna talk about a time it really did well and i think it's super important to note that in real life oftentimes with domestic violence with abusive partners not only does it take typically more than one time for someone to successfully leave an abusive relationship that requires them being on the same page that they need to leave and before you get there they're going to do anything they can to protect this relationship Because, well, I'm sure there's a slew of reasons it could be, but certainly when that's the dynamic you're in, I think it sort of gets ingrained that it's the beast you know. Like, yeah, it's not perfect, but nobody's perfect. At least I know what he'll do. And you're cut off from everybody that was around to help you, to be a support. And they noticed that she lost weight quickly. She had become very thin she wasn't keeping up with hygiene care the way that she used to and that's also indicative of of a violent abusive relationship where your self-esteem is entirely dependent on how you're treated by this person and if you are being punished then you are not worthy of your self-worth is at a minimum right if it could be less than zero it would be yeah and so while they're noticing these things that's it that that's just they they made a mental note of it and whatever conversations they had did not get through to her and we'll talk in a little bit about how it was too late to do anything legally because she got to an age where she could choose that oh so she seemed to be a shell of who she was yeah then her parents found out how old he really was how did that happen 
um i think he ended up telling them and they were like how could you not tell us what like they had more than one i I don't know they had more than one conversation with this creep but apparently the mom asked how he couldn't have told her right like why'd you lie and say you were fucking 32 i'm putting i'm saying fucking right but how could you lie and say you were 32 and he said well i knew you'd be mad if i told you i was 45 i'm like what what? she's still mad what Uh, the fuck i'm like if you were gonna lie say you're like 19 bud like what the anyway anyway so Uh. i mean 32 was too old then to find out he's closer to 50 than anything else and she is 16 yeah no okay so they begged her to stay home they begged her not to see him but she didn't listen maybe she was afraid of what he'd do if she didn't obey him yeah maybe she wanted to be with him because she enjoyed being with him and maybe it was both yeah that seems very possible (laughs) so two years passed since they began dating in the fall of 1995 kelly stopped going to school altogether she moved in with james to his home in gorton manchester which wasn't far but not living at home anymore right her parents begged her to break off the relationship still but the daughter they knew was gone it happens she had lost her confidence she had lost most of the things that made her her and they asked her not to go but they didn't really put up any fight for her not to go like they were like we really wish you wouldn't but okay okay I'll make it known, but I'm not going to do anything to stop this. But this is like an older, I don't know, probably her parents' age. It's just like. Well, uh, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, how can you walk into these people's home? No, like, you know when someone is about your age. mm -hmm. Now, as people get older and as their skincare is skin caring or not, I don't know how easy (laughs) that is, but. Right now in my life, I know when someone's around the same age, I think it is so ludicrous to walk into someone's house who you're significantly closer in age to than you, their daughter and your girlfriend, mm-hmm. if nothing else. And be like, yeah, no, I just, um, I just like have aged really poorly for 32. What? What? He didn't care. That's I know. The, he I mean, didn't. clearly there is a, I know. an issue with the moral compass here. But um, yes, uh, for him, I can't speak for her parents. I don't know more than what you guys know right now. But wow, 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 what the fuck? Wow. After they begged her not to go and she still went, they just sort of let it go. They spoke with her over the phone. She'd still come and visit sometimes. Mm. So they would still sort of get to see her. Um, again, she continued to explain away her very visible injuries as being accident prone. She quit her part time job that she had started around Christmas time of nineteen ninety five and then, with that, she was entirely under his thumb. She didn't leave his house. It was just the two of them and just because I have to raise the red flags, I know you will, mhm, but there's something like visceral in me that just wants to remind people that financial abuse is still abuse. If she has no ability to make or spend her own money, that is an entirely 
new level of power and control. Well, yeah, because he's also like her parents' age. I mean, again, yeah, it's icky. The yeah. amount of times you could say that's fucked up in this is endless. Okay. November 1995 was the last time her family saw her. Oh. Her brothers tried to stop by the house and James said she wasn't home. Although I don't think anybody believed that because where else would she be? Right. At one point, even a neighbor stopped by and asked where she was and like wanted to see her. So he made her stand up in a window and like look out so the neighbor could see her. That seems so psycho, like the thriller movie psycho of him. But it also means that people had a feeling something was going on here. And why is there a child there? And she looked so young. I certainly would be stressed the fuck out if my neighbor was like, here's my girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, your child? (laughs) She couldn't visit her family. She would call occasionally, be able to speak over the phone. But even then... Her mom recalled that she just didn't sound like her. Yeah. She didn't go home for Christmas, which was very not like her. Like, they didn't think, you know, they figured, okay, maybe we're not going to see her on Sundays. But, geez, we really thought she'd be here for this. And she couldn't do anything without his permission. Um, So it usually required her to stay in the home and suffer severe beatings. Her family received cards for wedding anniversaries and birthdays, but they weren't written in her handwriting. They were written in his. Oh. And it stood out to them that she hadn't at least signed the card. Right. The last card they got was in March of 1996. Okay. So have they, to the best of your knowledge, they haven't seen her since at least Christmas of the year before. Yeah, they hadn't seen her since November. Okay. And now we fast forward to March. They get their last card. Okay. So they had kind of talked with her over the phone, gotten some cards, and then silence. And as we try to do on this podcast, we put ourselves in the position of the people we talk about. Yeah. To the extent that we can. And if I sit in Margaret's shoes, I would be a mess. If my daughter were obviously being abused, I've seen bruises, I've seen bite marks, I see the weight that she's lost and the hygiene care that she's neglected, and I see all of these things, my gut tells me something is wrong. Oh, and not to mention the obvious 30 fucking year age difference. Yes. Yeah. And if I thought that my child were being taken advantage of and her youth being taken from her, I think maternal instincts would have to set in and I would still see red and i imagine that she was enraged but also helpless her daughter was of legal age of consent yeah and in looking up some of the laws over there Mm -hmm. again i mean here in the states every state's gonna have their own different sort of take on it i tried i just looked up england and tried but she was at the age where she could do that so i'm not super familiar with england's laws regarding school and how old a teenager needs to be before they can choose to drop out um so yes she was under 18 but those reins were slipping from her parents because it was reported to the police and reported to social services but there was nothing to be done right she could legally choose to be there so they were encouraged to maintain contact with her and and try to get her to change her mind but realistically there was no taking this man to court or taking her to court 
So in the little research that I did, admittedly, I didn't access English law text, but I did read that at age 16 over there, you can run away from home legally. Okay. And if your parents file a petition in court to say that they can prove your welfare is at risk, they can take action to return you to home. Okay. So I'm not sure what legal action her parents were able to take, but even if they did, Kelly was denying abuse. Yeah. So she was passing off her injuries. She may not have said the words or phrases that were necessary for them to be able to take this further anyway. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. And at 16, she could do that. So we're going to jump to April 17th, 1996. Okay. James Patterson Smith walked into his local police station to report the accidental death of Kelly Ann Bates. Oh, I want to fight him already. Okay. She was one month shy of her 18th birthday. Fuck this guy. Okay. So I'm going to warn you that it's going to get very graphic in a minute. If that's not for you, that's okay. Skip ahead. For those of you sticking with us, I'm going to try not to get emotional. I can make no promises. My heart broke. My stomach dropped. I was nauseous and I nearly sobbed while researching. And I mean ugly cry, like eyes puffy. Awful. And I hope I got it out of my system because we cannot let what Kelly went through be for nothing. So we need to learn what we can, remember what happened, and then best prepare ourselves and our kids so that this doesn't happen. What Kelly endured was probably one of the most cruel, evil things I have ever read in my life. And if I watched it in a movie in which any of these things, let alone all of these things happened, I would turn it off and say those sick fucks took it too far and I wouldn't watch another movie they made. Yeah. James told police that he and Kelly got in an argument and she choked on water. And despite his attempts to resuscitate her, she died anyway. That's fucking rich. He claimed at first he thought that she was joking because it was common for her to play dead. Which is a wild statement in and of itself. When police went to the home, an entirely different story played out. I'm sure. They found Kelly's naked body in the bedroom. Her body was taken for autopsy and... The following investigation and autopsy results revealed the gruesome final months and weeks of her life. In the home, her blood was found in every single room in the house. Holy fuck. Two-bedroom apartment, but every room in that house, her blood was present. Strands of her hair were found on the radiator, and they determined that she'd been tied by her hair to the radiator in the bedroom. Other times, she was bound tightly to chairs with rope. A ligature was tied around her neck to keep her bound in place. They could tell that the last month or so of her life, she had been bound almost always. Mm. This would also speak to her inability to call or write her, her family, be present when anybody stopped by. So... It, it geared up the last month that is really what we're going to talk about. And this was the worst. 
The autopsy revealed more than 150 different injuries to her body. Oh, God. 150. Take a moment and think of that. Think of anything you've done beyond daily routines more than 150 times. That is a staggering number of injuries. The forensic pathologist who examined her body said in the over 600 examinations he's performed in his career, he had never seen injuries so extensive in a murder victim. So again, heads up, this is the worst of it. Kelly had been starved, given very little food. She had lost more than 40 pounds since she moved in with him. Oh my gosh. She had marks and deep bruisings from the bindings that she was subjected to. One of her arms had been fractured and untreated. Both of her hands had been crushed. She had been stabbed in her face and all over her body. Oh my God. With forks, scissors, and knives. She had been stabbed inside her mouth. She had been branded on her thigh with an iron. She had scalding injuries to her buttocks and her left leg. Her ears, nose, mouth, lips, eyebrows, and genitalia had all been mutilated. Mm. She suffered wounds from pruning shears. Both of her eyes had been gouged out at least five days before she died. Oh my god. At most, it's estimated that her eyes were gouged out three weeks before she died. So somewhere between three weeks and five days, this young girl was mutilated beyond any repair. And that means that the final days of her life were spent in agony, but also darkness. Ugh. After her eyes were removed, she had been stabbed in the empty sockets. She had also been partially scalped. All of these injuries happened while she was alive. She hadn't been given water for several days, and in her final moments, her head was beaten with a shower head before she drowned in the bathtub. And I've gone round and round in my head for words but i don't have any what she experienced i think is the most horrific torture i've ever heard of and when we say domestic violence is real we mean it when we say that there are some people out there not everyone but some who seek to cause harm and cause pain when we say look out for each other speak up and speak out we mean it this was preventable Know who your children spend their time with. Do your own research and be fucking present. Put the phone down. Keep an eye on your friends, on your family, the people that you care about. You won't do harm to anyone to ask if they are okay. There is help and there are resources and they are accessible. We'll talk more about that at the end. But if that wasn't staggering enough, then I truly don't know what is. He was arrested immediately, obviously. Fucking good. And charged with her murder. In his trial, he denied everything. He claimed he was not guilty. (laughs) How? Fucking guy. How? Sorry, I am like ugly crying right now. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but what the fuck? And I can't look at you because I'm going to start again. He said that Kelly enjoyed riling him up. 
that she would bully him. <laughs> okay, sure. I know. Oh, gosh. This 17-year-old sweetheart of a little girl. <sighs> if she, if you didn't want her there anymore, drop her off at home. Consider, um, don't, don't, don't. I mean, don't date a child first. But, you know, if we're past that, mm-hmm. the least you can do is before you harm a hair on that child's head. That child's head. You give her back to the family that loves her. Anyway, he said that she liked riling him up and that he retaliated. And that's where those injuries came from. He said that she spoke ill of his deceased mother. And, uh, you know, he's this defender of women. So, <laughs> clearly, naturally, he was distraught over this and he said that she dared him to cause these injuries to her oh sure that she was like you won't try me so really she asked for it so a quick update for all of you at home um that the tears are quickly turning to rage but sure yes it's agonizing to imagine margaret and timothy bates in the courtroom oh god Especially having to look at the man who disfigured and murdered their daughter. It's more agonizing to imagine them hear him accuse her of wanting that torture. Wanting her eyes to be gouged out and to be bound and helpless. To be stabbed and crushed and burned and mutilated and in pain. Endless pain. Untreated. Unmedicated. Torture. His violent history with literally every single woman and girl he dated was brought to the forefront of his trial. Good. So there was no more hiding it. Good. The prosecutor, Peter Openshaw, said in court, It was as if he deliberately disfigured her, causing her the utmost pain, distress, degradation. The injuries were not the result of one sudden eruption of violence. They must have been caused over a long period and were so extensive and so terrible that the defendant must have deliberately and systematically tortured her. He also said her death must have been a merciful end to her torment. It took the jury only one hour to convict him. He was 49 years old. Due to the horrific details and circumstances of the case, every single juror was offered mental health counseling. Oh my God. After exposure to just the, the facts, the weight, the horror. Good. That's unheard of, but that is so good for those jurors. Further unheard of, every single one of them agreed to it. Holy shit. They had seen the autopsy photos. They had heard every single injury, every which way somebody can be harmed. And they all were not right afterwards. And the court announced this. Like, you will have these services available. Like, pretty much, we're sorry for exposing you to that. And all of them said, I need that help. Yeah. Because, again, if you weren't Kelly, you knew somebody like Kelly, whether that was your child, a friend of yours growing up, somebody dear to you. And whether none of her story resonates with you, she was a human Mm -hmm. who experienced something that nobody living should ever have to feel. 
And a child. A child. The presiding judge sentenced him to life in prison, which I think is, I mean, there is nothing less that I think he could have been given. It's far more generous than I would have been. But I what's, that. what's frustrating is that there's the stipulation of with a minimum of 20 years. Oh. Now, I won't pretend to be well-versed in English royal crown legislation (laughs) um but if we're gonna say fucking life in prison then let it be life why are we saying life but also a minimum of 20 years because this man does not deserve to see the light of day no and those who believe in retribution would say he should suffer the same injuries that she did and then you know you could see how long it would take for him to simply perish but we are civilized society I wouldn't mind letting <sighs> her family have between five days and three weeks. Yeah. With him, with all of those fucking instruments that he oh, liked so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. But that's me. I'd like to hear him dare them. The judge said, quote, this has been a terrible case. A catalog of depravity by one human being upon another. You are a highly dangerous person. You are an abuser of women, and I intend, so far as it is in my power, that you will abuse no more. It wasn't until years later that Margaret spoke of this. It was in 2015. Okay. So it was almost 20 years since her daughter had been murdered. Yeah. She tried to keep on. She worked at a a Tesco, which I believe is a supermarket in the UK. Okay. Maybe our UK listeners can confirm or they'll certainly tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Love you guys. But she worked the cash register and the location was actually just next to where the family's home sat before it was bulldozed. Wow. So Margaret said, quote, my checkout desk overlooks the spot where our living room once stood. It's a real comfort to be surrounded by my memories and the familiarity of the past. I feel near to Kellyanne and my checkout. It's my safe place. Oh, gosh. I know her spirit is there, and I feel like she's home again. And so it brought her peace mm-hmm. in a way that she felt like she could be close to her again. Probably needing to be out of the house. Probably oh, certainly. being unable to sit with her thoughts she just had to work margaret passed away oh (laughs) in december of 2020 after she had contracted an illness while battling breast cancer so her immune system was down down and she got sick but um she had long said that she wanted to be with kelly again Uh. and i i think that her becoming ill she was okay with that Mm mm-hmm She left behind her husband, Timothy. He's, to my knowledge, still alive. And their two sons, their other other children. But I have to trust that she and Kelly are together. Yeah. And that they are keeping all of the seats warm up there for the rest of the family. Margaret is remembered as having a golden heart who was Mm -hmm. kind to everybody. Her co-workers doted on her she was a customer favorite if you will 
Much like her daughter, Margaret is remembered as being warm and friendly. So I want to conclude this with some resources. Yeah, that's a great idea. I want to remind you that we have a resources highlight on our Instagram page, which is also linked below on our link tree. You can get to it anytime. Those are hyperlinked and they're there for you to access. So please screenshot, send to someone if you think it will help. We don't see screenshots. We don't see if you look at them, click on them, anything. So you don't need to be concerned about any of that. Those are there purely for you. They're there for you. Anyone you think can benefit from them, please use them. Yeah. Our listeners are all over the globe, which is an incredible thing. Thank you so much for being here. But because of that, I can't provide individualized resources. So instead, I'll link some of the U.S. ones um, and a few that were highly recommended in the U.K. um, as this is where this case took place. Yeah. But I can give you some ideas on how to find them locally. First up, internet searches. Yeah, it's a great one. The internet can be a really fucking shitty place, but it can also be a really great place too. You can look up domestic violence resources, crisis lines in your state or your country or your neighborhood, anything like that, your town. Calling or stopping by a local urgent care or hospitals will always have yes. resources. Um, and they'll have information to get you pointed in the right direction. Family resource centers or community programs local to you. And while I think national resources are a really great place to start, they can help and assist in a crisis situation. But then their next goal is to get you lo- get you connected to things that are local to you. Because the national ones cannot possibly be as individualized as the one that is has been created and brought together by locals in your community that yeah. have a thumb on what's needed here. Yes. The other option I have is your state or country equivalent to the Department of Health and Human Services. Yeah. Or family services in general. Again, these are great places to start, not great places to end because you want to look at what's local to you. Well, and also, you know, a good thing to keep in mind is even if these resources aren't vastly available, they are almost always available in some format. There's an amazing need and community and sort of like local support groups. That's worth trying if you're running into dead ends. Um, Personally, I am all for therapy in any format, but just a reminder that with the surgence of AI and text therapy, please just make sure that wherever you're going is a credentialed human being. (laughs) Somebody who is actually a somebody. Yep. And somebody that has the proper training and Always. can assist you. And, and so these are places to start. These aren't things that I think are going to get every single person listening the help they need should they need it. But again, these are your starting points. Right. And again, I say this every time we bring up domestic violence. A lot of times when there are websites that will help They usually have a quick escape so that if your abuser or somebody walks in that you don't want knowing, it'll take you to like a Google of some puppies or something. But always, always, always clear your own history. It will not do that. So just, you know, keeping each other safe. You got to do it. Open a private browser incognito mode. Yeah. Um, I'm not the most techie person. I'll be completely honest. So I have no idea beyond that. I mean, that's 
to me, I thought I was really cool when I figured out you could do that. But (laughs) uh, that is really the extent of my knowledge. But there are people. They are out there. Yeah. Be safe. Take care of yourself and take care of the people that you care about. What Kelly experienced is unimaginable. Oh, yeah. And my hope in bringing this case to your attention is that we can all be mindful to look out for each other. Look out for your friends and your family. And just take a moment to reflect. If the people who love us see red flags with our choice and partner, if they see red flags of any kind, does that always mean that they are right? Of course not. But But take an inventory of the situation, your life. Are you happy? Do you feel valued? Do you feel loved? Do you feel safe? And if the answer to any of those is no or yes, but then you have some thinking to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'll leave you with this. She was a child. She was groomed and it should not have happened. And it's not always a child. No. If we can talk about it and look out for each other, maybe we can prevent someone else suffering this way. And I know that this wasn't an option in this timeline, this particular case, but my God, Google people. Okay, just like a quick Google search. I mean, you know, believe people, give people the benefit of a doubt, but if you're seeing anything weird, if your 14-year-old is coming home with a 32-year-old, quote unquote, just fucking Google him. I also wonder if Kelly's parents didn't know the age of, you know, maybe they thought, oh, if it gets bad, we'll just, you know, we can step in. and Right. And I rack my brain because there's a part of me that wants to be like, how could meeting him the first time not have... I mean, again, my brain went to frying pan. She went for mm-hmm. the knife. Okay. Like, I... Yeah. I can okay. respect that. Game, game recognizes game. But it, it has to make you wonder how convincing he could have been. Yeah. It, I just... To, to lower... You, for your gut to tell you no, but then for your, like, brain to say, well... I mean, she's a kid. This is not going to last. You know, well, yes. it didn't need to last. And I'll put it I'll put it this way. For me, regardless of how convincing or otherwise, it doesn't need to take any longer than one incident for that trauma to stay with my child for life. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, I don't have kids. I'm not a parent, but I'm ready to tear this man to shreds. <laughs> And I'll, I'd help you do it. Yeah. I'd go on your shoulders. <laughs> and I'd get them right. What's oh. that pool game? Yeah. Um, chicken. Chicken. You we'll think see I, who's chicken now, bitch. You, you think I wouldn't? Ooh. Oh, I know you would. And I genuinely, I'm not kidding. Like part of the reason I was so quiet was like the ugly cry, but also like knowing that if I say too much, like I don't want to catch a charge over this man. Um <laughs> I would, but I don't You're want criminal to. criminal threatening him from overseas. Exactly. <laughs> now it's a federal crime. I know. She's on Interpol's like most wanted. <laughs> Rolex Throw killer who? The side of the boat. Yeah. I just can't. I I can't. I know we needed some levity. It hurts. My bones hurt right now. Everything about this has like <sighs> poked the beast 
in my little soul and it's so rageful. I can't I can't imagine doing this to anyone. I mean, and thank God cuz that I'll, I'll take if you some could, solace in that. That's, if you could, I'd have some phone numbers for you too. Right, exactly. Uh most of them are three digits. So Well, at least here in the states. So I think that it's very difficult and I never want to place judgment or accuse people who are not the abuser. There is a very visceral part of me that does not understand feeling like you might want to stab someone, Mm -hmm. whether or not that's frequent in your psyche. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. actually specifically, if it's not, if that's a, a new thing and that's your gut. And then also seeing this age difference, regardless of 15 or 30 years, it's too much for me personally. And I understand that you have to be up to date on your local laws. You have to know what's there for you to know what power you have in that scenario. And that there was often methodology to abusers, particularly child groomers. You know, he probably was fucking sweet as peaches and cream up until right around that 16-year-old mark. And then, oh, oh, okay, this is on her now. All right. But by the time she may have realized, I want to go home. It was far too late. It might not have been the option. And and while, again, and we'll reiterate, the person responsible for this is him, is James Patterson Smith. Um, unfortunately, there's very few photos available of him online. There's one, and I'm going to post it. But I wish there were more because yeah. I just feel like this man deserves that, on blast. that wrath yeah. that I know every single one of you listening is feeling if you cried with us if you're gonna cry later yeah i'll probably be in both camps hey so you can hang with abby at both tables (laughs) you know um i cried while i was researching yeah i got i did pretty well you did great especially with the fluids leaking from my face that was well i couldn't look at you so i should have just had my back to you entirely probably but um yeah this um this one got me I'm sorry to you all. I gave you the best warning I could that if this wasn't what you needed today, but I I will end this with a call to action and that is really to just be present. Yeah. Take notice. If that means you seem like, ooh, you're a bitch. Do you know how many times I've been called a bitch for doing the right thing? Yep. I'd way rather be a bitch for doing the right thing than a great friend for overlooking abuse. It doesn't it doesn't phase me anymore. Um, I've been called worse by better. Absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, I think that you have to advocate for yourself. You have to advocate for the people you care about and you have to pay attention. And if we can do those things, maybe this won't happen again. And also just in general, like educate young women on abuse. I mean, educate young people in general on abuse, but I feel like at least here in the States, growing up in the 2000s, right? I was always told, you know, look out for the the scary guy or the guy who doesn't treat you right. But nobody actually goes into how that happens. And nobody gets into a romantic relationship with someone because they've been a dick the whole time. Mm-hmm. There is a, I mean, people are multifaceted. We say this all the time. 
Nobody is entirely good or entirely evil. There is just parts of both in everyone. Now, some people are substantially more evil than Sometimes others. Sometimes the evil, like, they were, it was a heavy pour. Yep. But um, I know growing up, the fucking health class video I was shown on relationship abuse was with the actress that played fucking DJ Tanner from Full House. <laughs> and her boyfriend didn't like it when she wore a short skirt around other boys. And he killed her. And, like, that... That's not how it goes. It's just not. And it's... It can sometimes. Sure. But that is not... By the time it gets to that point... Right. It, there were other signs. And the the goal is to not let it get there. Yes. Nobody, least not DJ Tanner, should be thrown over <laughs> a freaking boat by a high school boy for wearing a skirt. And when you get out of high school, those examples might look different. But the abuse is the power and control. Her, her being Kelly, her signs of this were not wearing a skirt that was too short. It's being isolated from her family. It's no longer having an education and outlets for other social supports. It's having somebody take away all of the independence that she has and create all of the suffering that she has. And then... And in a lot of abusive relationships, being the one to fix that abuse because, oh, well, if you were better, I would have loved you better. But I'm here for you now because I'm such a good guy. And it doesn't sound like that happened at the end here, but I can almost guarantee you if anything was an indicator before this, before she lived there, before she didn't have school or work or family to turn to. And that's not to say they wouldn't have been there. It's just her part of the scenario he was the one to fix it because there's no other reason to keep coming back. So please just remind people what actual abuse is and what it's not. Because if all I had to go off of was that video from high school, I would have thought a lot of things that were abuse were not abuse because yeah. it didn't end with me getting thrown over the side of a canoe. <laughs> oh, and they're so hard to get back into. It's so true. Ugh. But... Well, this was a shitty fucking, I mean, it was a great episode, but it, this is shitty. <laughs> this is so shitty. I know. I'm sorry. I think that you guys need to, my second call to action. Yes. Is do something for self-care today. Oh, yeah. Because I know that this is um how you say, Mm, <laughs> like the one. Como se dice? Yeah. So, but learn what you can. Take the lesson. Don't be the example. Yeah. But we need to. We need less of these examples. And in the words of one of my favorite YouTubers, Shell Bizzle. <laughs> <laughs> she does sustainability content but it's one of those where you just have to do your best and advocate for the rest that's it mm. well i'll, I'll i want to end with um a favorite quote of yours and i forget what episode it was but you said if age is just a number then jail is just a room sure is so and i'm going to <laughs> now that you've ended there yeah i would like to just punctuate this with i really hope that the UK's prison system values are the same as the US's. Because if <laughs> that man 
was incarcerated here. 20 years he would not make. So, fingers crossed, no offense. You mean ethics-wise, someone doing that to a child? Mm -hmm. He would be, yeah. I hope his existence is um, as horrific as her last few days. Let's put it that way. And I hope it's that way every day. And I don't like wishing that on people, but if I have to, he's at the top of my list now. Yeah. So. What a fuck face. I like none of my insults even do it justice. I know. Yeah. So do something kind for yourself today and we will see you next time. Don't forget about our Instagram. The resources are abundant. The photos are there. If you want to make fun of him, babies, that's a safe space to do it. It's okay. We will have the popcorn. Yes. And the salt and the napkins. And the butter. Who are you? You forget the movie theater? I just figure that that's always included in popcorn. I mean, it kind of has to be. Right? My fiance hates butter in general. Won't have it on popcorn. I'm like, and I'm supposed to marry him? Yeah, are you sure he's okay? I I mean, look. I'm starting to think he's not. Platonically, I love the man. But I are know. you sure he's okay? <laughs> Just say more of it for me. True. But um, yeah, don't forget our Instagram page is linked below. Abby, if they wanted to look at it, where would they go? They could go to About Time for True Crime Pod with periods in between every word. So that is A-B-O-U-T period T-I-M-E period F-O-R period T-R-U-E period C-R-I-M-E period P-O-D because podcast was too long. But if you guys wanted to send us something a little bit longer, your thoughts, your feelings, your dreams, your therapist's number, so that maybe we can hit them up after no. this, you could email that. But Allie, where would they email that? I really just want your pod pets. Um, so if you wanted to do that, you would send it to about time, the number four TC at gmail.com, A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four TC at gmail.com. Send any of your like local true crime yes stories as well we love to hear that we love you so thank you for we listening do. thank you for telling a friend downloading leaving a review um rating always the atftc fam would not be the same without you so do what you got to do to take care of yourself this was a Doozy. throat punch at best mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt um so if you need anything take care of you We're here for you. We believe in you. And we can't wait to see you next week. So if I do look at my clock, that was about About time time for true crime. crime. Bye. Bye. What the fuck, dude? That is...